This is episode 22 with Chris Matina. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with professional rugby player for Rugby United New York and former USA Sevens team member, Chris. Chris and I actually went to University of Delaware together and took a couple of classes as part of our coaching science minor. He attributes a lot of his education, especially that in sports nutrition, to his success on the rugby pitch. Now a few years removed from college, Chris is living out his dream of playing rugby professionally for his hometown squad and has had the chance to represent the United States on the international rugby scene as well. He offers great insight on sports selection as youth in the U.S. and how his unusual path to his current career could help those athletes currently participating in some of the not-so-mainstream sports. So without further ado, please welcome on Chris Matina. Now, I appreciate you taking the time, and obviously even more so in season, um, being a little bit busier and all that, but... um, kind of helps out that we're in Vegas and we're not like traveling and so yeah are you doing international tournaments coming up or is this kind of all local um yeah so I'm pretty much doing just domestic now um okay so you know I was doing Team USA stuff uh last year two years ago um now it's all international Uh and then I decided to um, change teams and leagues and play in the new pro domestic league. Okay. Um, so it's all domestic. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to try and get back to international stuff, but for now I do like the... Uh, I'm enjoying where I'm at, so domestic tournament's pretty good. Awesome. As about yeah. to say, it's... I mean... I'm not super well versed in rugby, um, but I'm I'm learning more and more about it. It's I mean obviously not huge professionally I feel like here, but internationally it's a huge presence. Yeah. Um, has that been tough for you, just kind of making it here? Um yeah, I mean I think it it is tough. Like I wish you know it was a big sport like. Or I wish I was, it was as big as it was internationally. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I I really do love playing the game. And, you know, for me, it's, it's like what I love to do. So, you know, it's not too difficult and it's a lot better than, you know, a lot of... Um, alternatives. <laughs> a lot of alternatives, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, it was like, you know, if you want to play at the highest level, you have to go play overseas. And now... I can play in my, you know, home country and represent my city and where I grew up um, at, like, a pretty high level. Like, it's not the highest level, but it's mm-hmm. professional, and there's a lot of good players here, so, you awesome. know, and I love doing it and getting paid to play rugby, which it didn't even exist, you know, five years ago, so. Yeah, it's, um, what's kind of cool know, right now, I don't know if, oh, it seems to be a bunch of sports, um, I guess rugby's newer professional league. Swimming had a, its first professional league this year. Um, women's lacrosse is coming up. So it seems like there's, which is great, just more opportunities for athletes in general. 
um, for professional leagues, no matter what the sport is. Yeah, and I think the ability to, with technology uh, advancing, with the streaming, with the kind of making it available to everyone, whereas you know, 20 years ago they're just watching one thing, yeah. one TV, whatever's, uh, you know, whatever's on mainstream TV, now you can have this ability to stream and purchase streaming services and pretty much watch whatever you want. It gets a lot more selective. Um, and that's why I think you see these minors or smaller leagues popping up. Uh-huh. Um, we're trying to, trying to make it. So That's awesome for sports in general. Um, well, yeah. I want to I dive right in here with you, so not to use too much of your time. Can you just give a little bit of backstory of you know, how you got started into rugby, what made you choose that sport of all of them and all that? Yeah, so I found rugby, well, technically I started playing rugby in high school. Uh-huh. Um, my freshman year of high school at Xavier High School downtown in Manhattan. Um, you know, I played football, tackle football my fall uh, year, my first freshman year, and then um, it just so ended up that we had a really, really good rugby team that was nationally ranked um, with a really good coach. And all of my friends who played football also played rugby. Um, and it seemed like a pretty natural fit for me. I was kicking, punting, punt returning, um, you know, playing running back, you know, throwing the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of, I was kind of doing everything. And that's kind of what rugby is, you know, it's continuous football with the ability to kick and pass and run by defense all at the same time. Um, but it actually started my dad um, played rugby since he was in college, actually. He went to University of Pennsylvania to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, he played there on scholarship until his sophomore year. Then there was a coaching change and he, and he quit the team and he found rugby. Um, and then he played rugby for 20 years until he was 43 years old. So I was still a young kid kind of running around watching him play rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really, he never pushed me to play it. I don't think he ever thought I was going to play it. Um, and I kind of took his path of like, oh, I want to play football when I was younger. And rugby just so happened to find me um, in high school. And ever since then, it's you know been 24/7 every season um, for 10 years. So um, you know, I'm 10 years in on rugby, you know, I've done pretty well. So it's, it's working out for you so far. Yeah, yeah it's it's been amazing, um, and I'm really lucky to you know have these opportunities and have all the right coaching and um, and even just. Thank you, my dad, I guess, is for introducing to me young and my uncle, who also played. So it's kind of in my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that drives me a little bit more as well. Oh, that's awesome. And you touched on it a little bit how rugby is kind of like offense, defense at the same time. Is there like unique preparation that has to go into each one of your matches for that? Uh, yeah, I think before the match, I try and make a set of goals um, and that'll include two to three offensive points and then two to three defensive points and um, you know it, it is a full go thing like there's no time on the bench there's no you know resting there's no like getting your head around it in the game you kind of have to adapt on the fly um, on offense and defense and I think that's what makes rugby pretty special is 
know, you're just going for 80 minutes, um, and there's really not much stoppages. It's halftime, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it, you're just going, and you have to adapt, um, and you have to remember those goals that you wanted at the beginning of the game and before the game. So, Yeah, I'm sure your conditioning yeah. level has to be uh, second to none, pretty much, <laughs> to stay yeah. up at that level. Yeah, yeah, it's entirely different. Um, in football and you know people try and compare the sports but you know i don't know if football players would last you know that long on a rugby field just because of the aerobic um fitness that you need and the ability to make a tackle then get up make another tackle Mm -hmm. or you know go into a ruck um and then get up and then keep running around um you know, it takes a lot of conditioning and a lot of specialized conditioning. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, in football, you do 10 seconds of work, you rest. You know, if the defense comes off the field, they could possibly be sitting on the bench for five minutes, six minutes at a time. So mm-hmm. um, rugby, you really don't get that, you know, just at halftime. So. What about, I mean, physically conditioning obviously has to be there, but mental conditioning too, I'm sure you have to kind of prepare your mind to be able to to go for that long. Do you have any, like, tricks that you do to keep you going throughout the match? Yeah, so I, there was one, so I listened to, actually, another podcast my friend does with uh, some top players from mm-hmm. New Zealand, and New Zealand's renowned for having the best mental preparation and physical preparation of any team and they're one of the best teams in the world you know at that and and it shows on the field um but they talk a lot about forgetting you know having a short memory like if something happens kind of you know wiping it away so you there are techniques that they use in a game so like you know if you make one or two mistakes or decision making mistakes um you can kind of like flick your hand kind of just like mentally get rid of you know that last play and and use that kind of to like you know get 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 it off your chest um and then think about the next play um before a game i would say you know for myself i kind of like to clear my head completely um you know i'll do a lot of mental reps prior you know before the game the night before um but then kind of in that 10 minutes 10 to 30 minutes before the game in the locker room i like to just clear my head um not make any preconceived you know decisions um and just read what's in front of you i think is the most important part uh, especially in rugby um you know everything has to be made on the fly and the game's going to change so i think just you know having that clear mind for me is the most important thing and using my instincts rather than preconceived decisions mm-hmm I think for context for those listening in, um, you and I took a lot of coaching science courses together at Delaware. Um, And I don't know if you remember the whole like inverted U kind of theory of like arousal and all that. Um, It's been super interesting talking to more and more athletes about all this and kind of finding what works for them. It sounds you're kind of obviously clearing your head, but is there anything, you know, that, helps get you pumped up but not too pumped up or somewhere in between where you find is like the right level of arousal yeah i think i mean obviously for me i think nutrition's a big thing mm-hmm. um 
going into a game having enough energy in me and I like to be kind of you know full like I like to have big breakfast um even like a decently sized lunch as well um and I think that's when I feel mentally my best Mm -hmm. um you know and I think I also listen to a bunch of music um and that'll get me going um but I try and you know remember not to get too pumped up and kind of keep a level head Mm-hmm. Um, more so than you know, getting super amped up or you know, going kind of crazy because especially in rugby, you have to keep a you know a cool head, um, cool collected uh, head. Especially you know, because football, you do get you know, it's very rah rah, it's very mm-hmm. American, it's very um, you know, go like take that person's head off. Um, and in rugby, it, it's similar in that way, but you have to make a lot more decisions. And if your head's not in the right place, um, you know, you, that could affect that. So you, I kind of just stay in that level-headedness state of mind. I was about to say, I feel like you definitely have to be even-keeled. I mean, I, I remember, so for my swimming career at Delaware, I was distance, um, which is nothing, you know, it's like a 15-minute race. I guess it's still nothing compared to 80 minutes at a time. But I remember thinking, like, man, I really wish I could re- listen to that, like, real loud pump-up music. Yeah. And the times that I did that, I found out, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I spent all my legs in the first, like, five minutes and, the, you know, the second half of the race, I had nothing. It's probably You've probably found something similar, I would imagine, if you listen yeah, to too much of that kind of pump-up stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I just feel, you know, for me, too, I think, like, if you come up really high, and then let's say something happens in the first, you know, five to ten minutes of the game, um, and it's negative or bad or it's a mistake, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's such a high up, and then it brings you down to, like, fuck, that that wasn't good, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that swing in the mentality is more detrimental then, you know, if I say to even keel and, you know, something bad happened, but I kind of just shook it off easily. Like, there wasn't that big of a change in my, you know, mental state. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that does help out in the long run, and it saves me energy for the end of the game. Which is the most important part. (laughs) Now, from those courses that we took together, you know, have you been able to implement that stuff in your playing career? And I guess what's been your t- biggest takeaway, if so? Yeah, I think uh, the nutrition part was important. Um, okay. I learned a lot from that. And obviously that, that arousal as well is, was really important. But I also do some coaching mm-hmm. um, on the side as well. And because rugby is such a um, kind of fraternity of sorts or a small knit group of people in the U.S., um, your coaching is pretty... Um, important. So I use a lot of that um, in my coaching career, and it's pretty young still. I'm only 26, so mm-hmm. there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to go, but um, it has been really valuable in that sense. And I've you know applied it to my strength conditioning. Um, you know, I've applied it to my game, and it's really uh, made strides for me at least. Mm-hmm. It was definitely really helpful as a player and as a coach. Yeah, that's what's cool. That's twofold like that. Um, now, since your time at Delaware, 
obviously you've continued to rise on the national scene. Now you're playing professionally and all that. What's can you just describe that experience, that transition from you know picking up rugby in high school, playing at Delaware, um, obviously uh, with like the suspension being held, I guess handed down at Delaware. If you can touch on that, if you can't, that's fine. Um, and then transitioning outwards, what's that whole kind of thing been like for you? Um, yeah, I mean it's been. It's been an amazing journey from Delaware. Um, you know, in Delaware, you know, I was a junior at the time, and, and we did get suspended. And um, you know, and I was in a leadership role at the time, so it was you know extremely tough for me. And rugby was my whole life um, at Delaware, and um, you know, it was disappointing for me. And I think I learned uh, from it, and um, you know, I think I got better from it, and I. You know, I think eventually the team will bounce back, which is good, and we got them back on campus, which is amazing. But um, it was interesting because I started playing men's club uh, earlier. So once I got suspended our junior year, I started traveling around, playing with men's club, um, got to go on trips, like men's select side trips, um, and started playing, you know, a little bit higher level, I think, than college. Um, College rugby in the U.S. can kind of be – um, a bit hit or miss at times um, because there's a lot of kids that have never played before they get to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think actually in the long run, it it kind of helped me progress a lot faster. And I took all the things that I learned in that time. And also, you know, it drove me to be a better player. You know, I didn't just, you know, lay down. We didn't just lay down and kind of let it happen. And we fought for it fought back and I still use that as kind of my mental preparation you know before each game I remember what it felt like to be in that situation and mm-hmm. you know using that as a drive uh, for me and every single one of the games that I've played in since it's um, been big for me but um, yeah team the team USA you know making that you know a year and a half out of college and um, being able to train at the Olympic Training Center in San Diego and be with kind of full-time Olympian for a year and a half and training with them. And every day it was, you know, three sessions a day. Um, so it was extremely rigorous. Um, and it really showed me how, how far you can push your body mm-hmm. um, while also, you know, playing the sport that I love to do and getting paid for it. Um, that was the first time I was getting paid for it. So um, that was pretty amazing and, and then obviously getting to travel with the team I made eight tournaments um, out of ten which is um, ten, t- ten uh, tournaments in the World Series and I made eight of them mm-hmm. and got to travel to Sydney New Zealand um, Hong Kong Singapore Paris and London Vancouver uh, we go to Vegas as well for the tournament um, so I got to travel a lot and be in some pretty amazing places and playing some massive crowds. So I've kind of seen, you know, how the sport can be and how the potential of it. And, you know, if Americans find it and fall in love with it, that would be uh, an added plus. How do, yeah, how do you prepare for those international kind of venues? Because it's got to be tough, you know, you're used to this, sport and kind of you become familiar with your environments and your surroundings and a lot of people I feel like always perform better at 
their home court or their home field or whatever. How do you make sure your performance doesn't suffer when you're traveling internationally and doing these big cities? Yeah, I mean, it was it was nerve wracking. It really was. It was it was crazy. Um, you know, I was playing in in Twickenham Stadium in England, London, which is one of the biggest rugby stadiums in the world, and I've watched it on TV since I was like in high school. And there's about thirty thousand people there, forty thousand people there, and mm-hmm. all screaming. And it was you know, it was it was really amazing. But um, you know, you kind of just try and do what you've always done, and it's just another game. The game just a little bit faster. Um, but for me, for rugby, for me, as soon as you get that first contact in like that first carry or that first touch on the ball, mm-hmm. um, then everything kind of just, you know, it just falls back into place. Um, and it's kind of just like another game and you're just in the moment and you kind of, everything else just, you know, drowned out. Like it becomes just another, you know, game. And um, it was amazing to, to do that, but the crowd is definitely a lot louder. So that's, <laughs> that's an added factor that you're, I've never had to experience, but, um, you know, that was, that was pretty amazing. But same thing, kind of just trying to clear your head, do all the right preparation. Cause you know, I think you get confidence from putting the work in beforehand. So, mm-hmm. you know, we knew, we knew we put in the work and all you have to do is go out and execute, um, and have fun at the end of the day. So, um, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest thing for me. But at times it wasn't perfect. Um, I had to come off the bench a lot, which was an entirely different, um, entirely different thing for me. I've never really done that much, and that's an entirely different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of trying to stay ready while you're watching a game, um, physically and mentally, is is probably one of the tougher things I've had to deal with. Do you have any tips for for anyone dealing with that, or that you figured um, out, or still kind of? Yeah, I'm. You know, I think bringing energy off the bench is kind of like one of the best things you can do and kind of talking yourself into the game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you're on the bench, you know, kind of dissecting the game as it's going or kind of talking, you know, to yourself and kind of commentating on the game as it's going along Mm -hmm. uh, can, I think, can help you stay in the game without being on the field. Uh, For me, and, um, and then when you just come on, it's it's really just bring that energy because if you bring that energy, it'll, it'll kind of flow over into your game. Um, if you're kind of flat and quiet, it's, you know, not going to be a good, a good start for you. So I think that's probably the, the main thing this is coming off the bench would be just kind of staying in it there mentally being present and then bringing that energy. I was about to say, bringing that energy definitely would help. I feel like your teammates that have been out there too. Um, yeah, you kind of get that juice um, for sure. And you touched on, you know, training at the Olympic Training Center and uh, doing three days and all that. For those listening, what does like a typical rugby practice look like? Yeah, so Team USA practice. Um, we would go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, um, off Wednesday, but you still get in the gym and do some extras. You do still do some skill work, um, but it's not as rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fridays we would do a pretty heavy conditioning session only, um, like no ball, no skills, just conditioning. 
Um, and then we'd have off on the weekend. Um, but basically, a Monday session, we would wake up, um, wake up at seven, six o'clock, go in, have a little bit of breakfast, um, some oatmeal, some fruit, uh, get to the gym by about eight. Um, you know, either do upper body, lower body, or full body exercise um, for about an hour, and then uh, go eat some more breakfast, uh, omelet, a little bit heavier this time. Um, and then we would head up to our field, do a little bit of like an install, they call it. So it's kind of, you know, what we're going to do throughout the session, what we're focusing on, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of giving us context to what we're looking at, maybe do some film review, some clips, because um, all of our practices are filmed with drones, actually. So you kind of get a bird's eye view. That's kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, and we also have GPSs on for, for all of training. So when we're on the field, we have tracking of our speed, how many meters we do, uh, our high-speed meters, which means you know how, how many meters you're doing at a certain velocity. Um, so that first session will usually be more skill-based and kind of skill games-based, mm-hmm. and we'd probably run about 4,000 meters, um, while, you know, and there's a lot of sprinting and seven this is a seven on seven rugby uh, for 14, seven, two seven minute halves. And it's seven on seven and a full sized um, and full size soccer pitch. So you're covering a lot of space and there's a lot of fast people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is pretty much sprinting the whole time and, uh, you know, and getting up off the ground. Um, and making tackles and getting up off the ground um, and kind of getting into position. So you're hanging out there for, for a bit. Um, so that's our first session, and we'll do you know a lot of running and passing, uh, contact work. Uh, Mondays would be our attack day, so we do a lot more attacking-based skills, passing, kicking, um, stuff like that. And then we probably play like chaos, they call it, which is just – uh, starting at a certain position on the field and then just playing uh, mostly touch. So you, like two-hand touch, and then the person goes down and set a tackle just to kind of save our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do about 4,000 meters in the morning session. Um, and then after that session, we uh, change, go back down to, the, um, to get some lunch from the cafeteria. Um, then we probably have about an hour and a half off where you usually go to the med room, do some stretching, um, get in the Norma Tech, kind of flush your legs out. Um, but mostly stretching and rolling out, keeping the body healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by two o'clock, we'd have another session. Um, and this would be a bit more team based. So we're probably running about another 3,000 meters. So we would average like 7K on the field a day. Um, good bit. And, you know, that's a bit more like strictly chaos. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're playing from certain points on the field. We're starting in different positions. We're starting from scrums. We're starting from lineouts. We're starting from rucks. Um, and then we're kind of just playing it, you know. And when you score, usually there's a conversion. But in chaos, you just turn and go. Um, so there's literally – no rest. We'll probably do. We probably do five, four-minute blocks of mm-hmm. it um, in teams, and then 
Yeah, and then that was our, our evening session with the team. That sounds like a bunch. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Um, and then during a camp week, so week before, um, you know, like tournaments and stuff, yeah. we'd film, we'd go back, eat dinner, probably get in the ice baths, uh, get in the hot baths, kind of do a contrast bath for about 30 minutes, and then uh, go back down at the trailer uh, and watch our session. Uh, with the coach and on our team, and kind of uh, go through, kind of dissect the whole thing and decisions that were made. So mm-hmm. um, it's a full time day. It's seven to you know, it was seven to six uh, in those camp weeks, which is kind of when we kind of ramp things up. But you know, the normal day was looking you're looking at from seven to two. So you know, it was amazing though, and I really learned so much about you know everything. Um, and being immersed in a full-time environment was, was awesome. Yeah, I bet. And I'm sure with all that volume of training, you know, eventually, obviously, pain, injury becomes a, a factor. Uh, have you ever been hurt during a game itself? And have you been asked to play through that? And kind of what made that possible? And Do you have any tips, I guess, for those having to play through injury? Uh, yeah, so uh, rugby is probably one of the most... It's pretty injury prone. Um, it's a lot of little things here and there. Um, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's so much big. You know, there are big injuries. Um, there's concussions. There's a lot of shoulders. A lot of, um, you know, knees as well. So mm-hmm. um, when I was at sevens, I think the only – I had a toe injury. Um, I had turf toe, um, which was just like kind of like an unlucky – you know, I, my foot swung around into a – you know, one of our one of my teammates and kind of had like a little fracture of li- and a little bit of ligament strain, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of that was uh, detrimental for to me for a little while. Um, and I had to tape it up, and I was playing through that for about you know it kind of lasts for a while. So especially if you're doing a lot of work on it, which we were. So um, that was probably about six months, and I was taping it down mm-hmm. uh, so it wouldn't hyperextend. So you know, that was really difficult, and that was, like, right when I got there. Okay. That's tough. <laughs> so, you know, that was, I've had that. Um, you know, I heard my sprained my PCL last year um, playing 15s. Um, I dislocated my shoulder, had a torn labrum. Um, and you kind of pick up nicks here and there, and it bruises and bumps and bruises, and you kind of have to play through it. It's kind of a lot like... You know, American football, or these guys are probably playing through injury for most of the season, uh, but you don't really see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most important part was just staying, um, was you know, was taking care of your body, and that's what I kind of learned from from this whole that whole process. Was like we're putting so much volume in our body, if we don't take care of it, you know, you're screwed. Um, but uh, you know, I think then you know, ice baths every day, and rolling out every day, and stretching every day, and all that kept, kept me pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was really good for me uh, to learn that. And especially as a young kid, you don't want to do those things. But when you get to be over twenty five, <laughs> I'd say you really have to do it, and you really have to work hard in the gym. Um, and the, I think the gym is more so even you know keeping your body together um injury prevention is super important and i think the gym is a huge aspect of that 
Um, but you really learn that, especially in rugby, that you know the best ability is availability. So you know if you're available and you're ready to play and you're not hurt, you know you have a good shot. Yeah. So, yeah. That's funny. You realize too. I feel like as you get older, you don't bounce back uh, quite like you did when probably you were in high school first picking up the game. Um, yeah. So you got to spend a little bit more time on that preparation, but it pays off, especially when you're actually getting paid for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you hear about these big athletes, like, um, you know, LeBron spending millions of dollars on his body, and these NFL players spending millions on their body. Makes sense, though, if that's their livelihood. You know, they don't get millions and millions of dollars if they're not healthy. But if you had to yeah. sing... If you it's had, also an investment too, you know. Yeah. Me, I see it as an investment into my myself because my body is, you know, my company basically. If you think about it in a business type of standpoint, you know, my body is what makes me money, and you know, entertainment. You know, you have to take care of yourself mentally and physically, and mm-hmm. whatever helps. You know, that investment will end up, you know, doubling back for you. So, um, you know, that's how I look. At, I started to look at it. Um, and then I started to take it very seriously, and it's really paid dividends for me. It's a great outlook to have. Um, a few more here for you. If you had to single out just one single trait that's kind of allowed you to have the success that you've had in rugby, uh, what would that be? And what's a way that someone could develop that trait if they aren't really born with it? Hmm. Uh, I would say the biggest trait for me would be... Um, you know, the decision-making and the mental aspect of rugby is probably my, you know, most, the most important thing to me. And, you know, people that I've played with always say, you know, you're always the calmest guy in the field. And, you know, especially in a sport where, you know, it gets very aggressive and it gets, you know, there's a lot of talking there's a lot of, you know, chirping going on. And for you to just stay level-headed, uh, for me to stay level-headed and make the right decisions, um, you know, in that, uh, in the moment like that, I think is probably one of my best attributes. And, um, you know, and kind of just being a gamer too, uh, you know, I love, you know, in game time is when I thrive and under that spotlight is when I, you know, do my best. And, you know, I don't really know how to develop that, to be honest. I think... Um, you know, I, I watch, I watch a lot of rugby. I watch rugby, you know, probably every day and I watch every training and I watch, you know, drone footage and I watch, you know, I watch so much and I think that helps my decision making, my instinctual ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's like, it's all about that confidence in your preparation and, you know, if you really love it, you know, you can watch it all the time and. You know, that's what I think is like a young rugby player growing up. It's like watch as much rugby as you can because everything's going to be different, you know, every time. Like, you know, rugby is very, you know, everything, you know, is, is very decision-oriented. Everyone's making decisions all the time. So, um, you know, I think watching is the most important because you get ideas. And then, um, you know, just being able to prepare yourself so that when you get to a game, you're you're physically ready and you're confident. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, last one I got for you is kind of what's next for you? Where can these people keep up with your current playing career and, and all that? 
Yeah, so what's next? Um, I mean, we're trying to, you know, finish our, you know, finish this season. We have played 16 games in 17 weeks, so it's basically like an NFL season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a long haul, uh, you know, and we're going to try and obviously make the championship and, and, win, the, and win Major League Rugby. Um, and there's a lot of avenues that we, you can watch on. Uh, we, we're on ESPN Plus, we're on ESPN News, we're on CBS Sports. Um, we're on a, a lot of different channels, um, and if obviously um, on Instagram, I'm pretty active. Um, C Matina, um, and also Major League Rugby's on Instagram, and a lot of social stuff. So, um, if you want to follow the league, you can do that um, on there. And um, yeah, and for me, I think what I'm trying to do is make the USA 15s team. Um, where I was on the USA 7s team, and now I'm trying to make the 15s team, and to represent your country in 15s is probably one of the highest honors, you know, along with 7s. So for me, it's all about um, doing my best this season, putting it all out there, um, and then hopefully getting in, an invitation to um, a USA camp and then getting selected for one of the squads um, that'll travel, you know, all around the world again and, and be able to go to different places and, represent my country so those are some of the goals awesome chris well thanks so much for taking the time out of your day uh best of luck this season and hopefully we'll touch base soon i hope you all enjoyed that conversation with chris he's an absolute beast on the pitch so be sure to check out his current season on espn and other sports media outlets if you haven't done so already send this episode to a friend family member or teammate who could use a boost Stay up to date with all our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at the Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.